0: Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat, and there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I'm delighted to say I'm now joined on the phone all the way from America by Pierce Dipner. Pierce, are you well? I am, yes. (laughs) Good stuff, good stuff. Now, your debut album came out a couple of months ago, and it's been receiving massive airplay all around the place you must be absolutely thrilled
1: uh yeah it's, it's great to see the response it got it was uh definitely picked up a lot quicker and with a lot more uh airplay than i was initially expecting so pretty cool to see that so many people around the world are enjoying what we're doing
0: yeah well i mean you've been achieving accolades and everything for a good few years now so you should be used to success
1: yeah well it's always a. Uh, Try not to get too used to it, so I uh, <laughs> always make sure to you know think of think of it as something I'm very grateful for.
0: Yeah, yeah, keeping your feet on the ground—that's a good thing. But you started playing guitar at the tender age of eight years old, but within a year, mm-hmm. you you knew how to play guitar, bass, drums, and cello. Mm-hmm. Are you just one of those lucky people that can play by ear?
1: Um, I'm not 100 percent sure if it's always play by ear i know with guitar starting out i would kind of do that so i mean yeah i'd say so i'm able to kind of listen to songs here and there and just pick out the parts and put them together and that's kind of how my uh musical beginnings uh started with just me having a guitar and not any lessons and trying to figure out a uh, how to play you know whatever i was listening to at the time and that kind of brought me towards that but even with drums and a lot of the other stuff i do i i try to just you know listen to as much stuff as i can and try to pick it up keep myself sharp that sort of stuff
0: well learning all those instruments at such a young age was that just your own passion and drive or were you encouraged
1: um i was definitely encouraged i, w- I would say it was i i started it with saying uh you know i want to start taking guitar lessons and my parents were very encouraging with it and, you know did everything they could to help me pursue it whenever i was getting interested in drums they did the same with with cello it was uh through my um school it was go down and pick an instrument and you can join the orchestra uh decided on cello and really enjoyed that i'm still playing it today in my uh high school's orchestra i've done uh european tours with youth orchestras and stuff like that so i mean i was always getting i think the right kind of encouragement as it being a uh, if this is what you want to do, we're here to help you out with it not just from my parents but from any of my uh, music teachers and pretty much everyone who heard me play music
0: with the cello, would you incorporate that in future songs and maybe go down an orchestral route
1: uh, I've actually thought about it before I've met some really great uh blues actually a guy who played cello in a uh acoustic blues band but also uh you know blues violin players blues like upright bass players i've always thought it'd be kind of cool to one day kind of experiment with that a little bit more
0: yeah well in the notes that i've seen you discovered the blues at the age of 11 so Mm -hmm. what what were you listening to before that was it rock pop
1: there's a lot of um just classic rock and like uh some earlier like punk stuff honestly
0: yeah so what was it in particular that turned you onto the blues then
1: I mean, I always knew kind of about the blues. I would never listen to it too much because at the time I had kind of like the stereotype in my mind, I guess, that it was like, you know, uh, just like slow, basic, old music pretty much. But uh, when I was looking for places to get out and play with, you know, adult or more experienced young musicians, uh, I found an ad for a local blues jam for uh, people under the age of 18. So like a youth blues jam. Uh, I'd never played it before then. I've only heard it a couple of times when my dad would listen to it. And uh, I spent like a week listening to a couple of blues albums and showed up there and been playing it ever since.
0: Right. A couple of years ago, people were a bit worried about the future of the blues. And Mm -hmm. now you've got people like yourself coming along and the Christone Kingfish Ingram and Mm -hmm. sort of carrying that torch. Do you see that as... Uh, a heavy responsibility, or is it just something you enjoy doing?
1: It's kind of a mix of both. I mean, when I'm when I'm playing and stuff like that, I'm, I'm not thinking about that too much. But whenever I kind of am just sitting there looking at the sort of state of the blues industry and a lot, all the other young musicians, and especially some of the you know great blues musicians. I mean, there's already been so many great blues musicians who you know people my age and people younger are never going to get to see perform live or. Uh, even some people who soon probably won't be able to play live anymore it's it's kind of a interesting thing to look at and say, "How's this gonna you know keep going because you know the the biggest generation of blues musicians is either already gone or getting kind of close to passing away and mm. I mean it's you know a sad thing to think about, but I think that now is a very important time where the uh younger musicians and I don't just mean younger like you know under twenty something but even you know thirty. 30, 40-year-old musicians are going to have to kind of cement themselves as the next generation of blues, uh, for lack of a better word, I guess, blues stars like the the B.B. Kings, Freddie Kings, guys like that that people will be talking about in the next 50 years or something like that. So definitely a responsibility that I think of to try to not just um, do as much as I can with it, but also support other musicians and just try to support the genre as much as I can.
0: Yeah. Well, over the years, when I've been interviewing people, there's quite a lot that do workshops and things like that as a way of giving back and passing the baton, almost. Do you do that kind mm-hmm. of thing, or would you do that kind of thing in the future?
1: Um, not sure if I'm at the point where I'd be thinking I'd uh, have any great advice to really give, but uh, I, I would definitely be interested in doing stuff like that in the future. I know I've been asked a couple times to uh, do some stuff with younger musicians like kind of giving them advice on how to get out there how to start up their own career and you know what to expect and i think that that's one of the more it, when it's a little less frequent i don't think about it as much but in the grand scheme of what i'm doing i think that'll have a pretty good impact on music if everyone was a uh, if every musician just tried to pass it on to as many people as they could and i've noticed with some blues musicians there's um kind of a lack of wanting to Help out other people. I, I know that the majority of blues musicians, and pretty much all the you know ones that you hear about the most, are super great musicians, super great people who want to help everyone out. But I, I think that it needs to be emphasized that it needs to be a really open music community because it's already a smaller community. But mm. it, it, we need to be able to let more people in, become as accessible as we can to keep the music going.
0: Yeah. Going back to the uh, the blues artists that are no longer with us. Which is the one you most regret not being able to see?
1: I mean, there's there's so many that I feel like I missed out on, but just it's probably going to be the most common answer, and I wouldn't even say he that I listened to him more than anyone else or anything like that, but I think that oh, that's actually really tough. There's actually a couple. I'd say that probably two just because of their you know sheer influence on the genre would be Stevie Ray Vaughan and B.B. King, mm-hmm. because not necessarily every song of theirs is my favorite or... I listen to them the most is just the two by far most influential to modern guitar playing i would say
0: well you were selected by the blues society of west pennsylvania to enter the international blues challenge at the age of 13. Mm -hmm. again people piling responsibility on your shoulders or didn't you think of it like that at the time
1: um initially i was pretty nervous then i had to kind of explain to me better i had a lot of really great musicians, uh, in Pittsburgh and even some, uh, musicians I knew from other parts of the country, but, uh, who kind of explained it, that if you're going down as a youth representative, you're not competing, you're not in the challenge, you're not going to lose or win anything. You're going down there to, uh, experience the blues community, to get your music in front of a different audience and get your music in front of some mentors to, you know, coach you in the right direction. So once I knew that I was not, um, nearly as nervous, of course, I'm always nervous, I was always nervous back then playing in front of a new audience or any audience at all, but uh, I was actually pretty excited to get down there learn as much as I could about the history of the uh, of the blues and play for some experienced uh, names in the blues industry who are down there to be mentors for the youth musicians. So I'd say um, it was definitely a responsibility to, you know, represent Western Pennsylvania well, but uh, eventually I looked on it more as a of learning experience and an, and an experience to take back with me uh to western pennsylvania and eventually work up to what i'll be doing this year which is going down as a uh, actual competitor in the band competition so
0: so what was the the best lesson or piece of advice that you got from that experience
1: i'd say the first time because i went down twice as a youth representative the first time it was more of just like the whole culture shock you know Going around Beale Street, going to all the different museums and everything. Uh, and I, I actually think that year they didn't have as much uh, mentorship as they did the next time I went. But when I went back when I was fifteen, my uh, my two mentors were Amy Bratt and Chris Barnes, who are you know both very knowledgeable people in terms of both blues industry and blues performance. And I think the best thing that they could have told me is just that they saw that I had my own unique style or unique uh, way of presenting myself but I wasn't fully taking advantage of it and to just go back uh, when I get back to Pittsburgh and start gigging out more to just really come into my own and figure out how I want to have my own original songs how I want to present myself on stage and all that stuff and I think that that definitely helped me out because you know it kind of gave me the confidence to try different things try to be myself when I'm performing pretty much which I think it's been a good success so far.
0: Well, I played out an interview with Chris Barnes a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. he he sees himself as a a champion of hokum blues. Did any of that come across and did he try to teach you about the history of the, the music, the genre?
1: Oh, yeah, he he not only would he, you know, give me advice, but pretty much everything he would tell me was tied in with or not former, but a uh, like a historical blues musician or blues reference or something you seem like a very knowledgeable guy who who always had a sort of historical anecdote to go along with whatever advice he was giving you to say you know this worked for him or this is how they got to this point so
0: hmm. definitely
1: good at passing down the knowledge
0: yeah the name of the show that I do is shades of blues and in 2018 mm. you formed your first band shades of blue were you encouraged to get a band or was it just a group of mates who said, "Hey, why don't we just join up?"
1: Um, it was honestly. I just kept getting asked by people, uh, "Do you have a band to do this gig? Do you have a band to do that gig?" Um, I just started calling musicians. Well, actually, I, I only called two musicians: uh, the drummer and the bass player that I started with, and they were my first calls. And my they both said yes. Uh, the original bass player is no longer in the band, but uh, I've been with the same drummer the whole time. Uh, he's great. He was pretty easy to pick out because not only is he a great drummer he's also my cousin so uh that was pretty much a no-brainer but yeah it, it wasn't as much of the classic like you know couple guys getting together to jam because i was about like 15 16 years old and didn't know a lot of musicians that age around me that either would be up to the level of what i was trying to do or be up to even going out and gigging so throughout the whole time my band all the musicians have been over twice my age so
0: I mean, you obviously, well, I say obviously, I'm assuming you're the leader of the band because you're mm-hmm. the face of the band or whatever. Do you find a certain resentment, for want of a better word, from the older members?
1: Oh, no, I mean, we we don't even really see it as a big age difference unless it comes to, you know, some instances where they're just giving me advice on something. But other than that, it doesn't really come up. Uh, we We're just pretty much a band first and foremost and get along really well right and in
0: 2021 you won third place at the cb gitty international cigar box video playoffs i must confess i'd never heard of that before and some people seem to think the cigar box is fairly easy to play because most only have three strings or four strings but you've got to be quite talented to play one of those things haven't you
1: uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, uh, just like blues, uh, guitar playing. If you look at, you know, once again, BB B. King, it's a similar thing of, you know, faster and more doesn't always equal the best sound. Uh, in in some cases, especially with cigar box, it's, it can be harder to, it, it's easier for, it's easier to play. It's a lot harder to play well in the way of, you don't have as much option, uh, with, you know, some of them, most of them only have three strings. Uh, you have to play most of them just with a slide, uh, stuff like that. So, I mean, you can play the chords. You can play, you know, a little something like uh, pretty easy. But to really get a good sound out of it and to get a good performance, it, it takes kind of a different way of looking at it in terms of, you know, how can I put as much feeling into something that doesn't have as much of a, as many options to, you know, put out as many notes or play as fast or something like that. So I'd say it's a re- it was really interesting going... From electric, just normal electric guitar to a cigar box because it it made me kind of think outside the box and rethink my playing in a different way.
0: Would you go more in that direction? Maybe do an album of back to basics, stripped down acoustic type of stuff?
1: I mean, honestly, I feel like I'd be interested in doing anything like that. It's it's a matter of, um, you know, I I think in an ideal world, I'd make a whole bunch of different kinds of uh, albums with a whole lot of different stuff but i mean kind of thinking about it it would probably be a lot easier than making another album and it could be something i'd be interested in i know mm. i'm interested in playing acoustic like delta blues uh stuff like that playing cigar box and it would definitely be a lot easier to get together than full on electric album with horns so maybe one day I mean,
0: the thing is i i just thought this while you were saying that, that i keep forgetting how young you are and you you've only just started out because you sound yeah. so accomplished, brilliant guitarist, your voice, it sounds like you've been around for, well, twice as long as you have. And mm. it's easy to forget just how young you are. Do you find that slightly frustrating?
1: Um, no, I, I honestly, no, not as much as I used to, but it's still pretty rare that it, when it comes to musicians and people who are looking to, you know, book me or do uh, any sort of musical stuff with me. I, I don't see them ever really thinking about my age as much anymore. I think I've gotten to the point where, uh, you know, I, I don't like to sound like bragging or anything or, or anything like that, but I think I'm getting to the point of just, you know, from young blues musician being as, as in he's good for, you know, a he's good for a 16-year-old to just being, this is a blues musician who happens to be 18. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, I still... I find it is still a compliment whenever I'm playing at a bar and playing at a club and someone comes up to me and says, how old are you? I say 18 and they freak out saying, I would have never guessed how are you playing this music at that age? Cause I, I do think it's, it's a good thing when people are surprised that you're good for your age. Uh, but I, I think I've gotten to the point where, where it matters. I'm just looked at as a blues musician, but from other people in a crowd's perspective, I'm still fine with it. But it used to be kind of that was actually another thing that uh chris barnes told me uh and also i believe can't be actually i can't remember who it was it was another musician uh down in memphis but i went up to one of them and i was introduced by someone They're like oh he's a 15 year old blues musician they're like i don't care how old he is can he play the guitar Mm. and you know that to some people they would take that as you know him being rude but to me i was like yeah that's kind of what i think i don't think that the novelty is my age i think i should let the music speak for itself and you know stuff like that so glad that i'm getting to the point where yeah it's kind of like i was saying it's split between you know it can be a compliment sometimes and i'm glad to also be treated in the same way as any other musician
0: yeah like we were saying at the top of the interview the your debut album going back came out earlier this year january of this year Mm -hmm. and features seven originals and three covers how did you go about choosing the covers? Were they suggested or were they personal favorites?
1: Two of them were just personal uh, favorites of mine: the Sean Costello and the Justin Towns are all one. The um, Stevie Wonder cover that we did, Higher Ground, um, wasn't was in fact a suggestion. It came from um, the guys from the band Ghost Hounds, who were some of them were on the rhythm section for that album that I did, and also um, Dana Canone, who ran the who runs the studio and produced the. Uh, the album when talking to the uh, guitarist david grissom about a different project they were doing he said try a stevie rave on sort of sounding version of higher ground they never ended up doing it so they kind of just not sure if he knew or not but gave the idea to me uh to try out so we kind of arranged something put it together liked it put it on the album the other two were just chosen because they're two very influential musicians to me both justin towns and Sean Costello, who passed away very early in their lives and early in their music, so um, those were just kind of my way of keeping what they were doing alive.
0: Well, obviously you're you're busy promoting this album, because it's only Mm -hmm. just come out, but are you already thinking ahead to the next
1: one? Yeah, I'm thinking ahead in terms of I'm writing some new stuff. I, I know that from when my band won the Blues Challenge tryout, uh, for this year's blues challenge we also were gifted uh, a gift card to go to like a local studio so something might be coming out of that i'm not sure if it's enough for a full album but might have a single or maybe a small ep coming out eventually from that but definitely looking towards the next uh full-length one it'll probably be with uh my gigging band which is my trio pierce dipner in the shades of blue because i uh, this i feel like it'd be good to get back in the studio with those guys.
0: Yeah. At the time we're recording this, the Blues Challenge, is it about three weeks away?
1: Um, I think actually I'm just over a week, I think it's... Uh, I think actually I'm leaving a week from today for it.
0: Wow, wow. Yeah,
1: it's May May 5th through 9th, and I think I'm leaving Wednesday of next week. Right. So a week away, yeah.
0: Next year, maybe you'll be at the BMAs to collect an award for your album.
1: Uh, we'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed on that one. Uh, Thank you for taking the time out to chat to me. It's been an absolute pleasure, and hopefully we can do this again sometime.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you uh, so much for having me on.
0: And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there, and there will be more as we record more for the show, and we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So, plenty more to come, and of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always listen again. I'll see you next time. Take care.